Welcome to Knives Out Minute by Minute, Episode 4, The Fourth Minute. I'm your host for this first week, Park Parkinson. With me is my guest for this week, Nay Renly. Hi, Nay. Howdy ho. And again, we are talking about Minute 4. That's from 3 minutes, 0 seconds to 3 minutes and 59 seconds. In this minute, uh, Mom makes Alice turn off the murder, and Marta comes back to the mansion, or at least is on her way back to the mansion. What did you think about this minute, Nay? Uh, fantastic minute. Um, not so much actually. It's just a, it's a little bit of a conversation, but there's some good character development and some good information laid out. Some good contrast. So it's, it starts out with, um, uh, mom is mad at, at Alice, who is, um, uh, Alicia in the, in the script and the, and, and on IMDb, I think too, but they call her Alice, uh, makes her turn off her show. Um, and then kind of when, when Alice realizes that she might be offending Marta, uh, she she does shut it off, and then she kind of apologizes. I mean, it's kind of just a little bit of business, mm-hmm. but I really, really got a. I felt like I got a very good look at the family from that. Yeah, like I, I could see their affection for each other and their concern for each other, and how weird this time is for all of them. Says so, uh, your sister just had a friend she loved slit his throat open, so you get like. <laughs> a little bit of glimpse of that they have a close relationship and then like yeah. you said like the family is also very close both physically and emotionally and we also get a sense that at least the official story is that this was a suicide mm-hmm. um so we we already feel like oh we're in one of those sh- one of those uh shows one of those plots where everyone thinks the suicide but it's not really and you know I, I assume like our our detective will know it's not really a suicide and that's the the main plot. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing bad in it. It's just normal TV. It's about murder. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, turn off the murders for a minute. And then it's a, uh, Alice says, well, Marta is kind of a, you know, she's not like crying or anything. She says, it's okay. You can keep watching it. Even though she looks very like emotionally distraught. And then Alice says, it's okay. I, I guessed who did it anyway. But I think that <laughs> they already were kind of, accusing somebody of it so hopefully it was that person the one who like crushed oh, yeah, they, the... had, they we we learned that they had the nanny cam so they yeah they already know who did it <laughs> uh yeah i was when she came over and hugged her like you from the script you can i don't know you don't see how much the family cares for each other but the way they move the way they talk to each other we also have a, there's in this in the original the, the shooting script by the way is online anyone can go look at the shooting script you should uh the shooting script um, has this bit. Alice slams the iPad cover closed, which sounds like she is unhappy, while the mom is standing and yelling. Marta puts her head in her hand, looks at her mom, who looks back at her with protective sympathy. Marta starts laughing at the absurdity of it, and the laugh turns into crying. And she says, thanks, mom, I love you. And then to Alice, who could keep watching it, Alice is like, no, no, I'd fine. And Alice apologizes. And we didn't get hardly any of that mm-hmm. we didn't get the mom like standing up and angrily kind of shouting we didn't get 
uh, Marta laughing and then crying. But I thought all of the actors did a really great job in this scene. And they all gave us that same sense of what a weird situation this is for them, for Marta especially, how she is feeling a lot of emotions at once, how much they all care for each other and don't know exactly how to behave in this weird situation. All communicated much more subtly than the shooting script had because the act, especially um, uh, uh, Anna de Armas, Mm -hmm. just did a really fantastic job. Yeah, they might have tried it that way and then and then like talked it out with, you know, collaborated the actors and, and Ryan Johnson yeah, and yeah, stuff and been like, ah, let's let's try it a little a little more subtle or something like that. We can we can play it down. Yeah. And which kind of I kind of expect forgetting no, no no spoilers, just my expectations from this from this section is this is the house of low drama <laughs> where everyone is honest with their feelings and cares for another uh, uh, cares cares for one another openly and we might be switching things up yeah <laughs> where we're going to go uh, and, and then uh, right after this sort of business between the family um, Harlan's son calls uh, Walt but she says it's Harlan's son calls and asks Marta to come over because the police have more questions. Marta's face looks surprised, worried, I might say. And then she gets into the car, she's driving, and we get this, I don't know if reveal is the right word, but the music sting says big reveal of the same mansion we already saw. Uh, Just seems to be like, oh, this is this big sting. Like we're back in this kind of world where we've, we're now leaving the sort of, working class everyday world that you might actually know yourself and we're back into kind of almost fantasy territory of mystery land uh where we're like we're like back in the mystery novel area yeah well and and at the house it says you know the phone says uh, walt thromby and then she says it's harlan's son so then you know that she's not not in the family it's a but right. also you get kind of the dynamic she has with the family, which is they don't listen to her, which is where where he's, she answers and says, hi, Walt. And he says, hi, Marta, it's Walt. <laughs> like he's already not listened to her in the first yeah. two words. She's just, he just keeps talking. And that she knows them all through Harlan, that she, she is Harlan's mm-hmm. associate, Harlan's friend, and everyone else. It's like when your friends have kids. And you're like, oh yeah, that's so and so's kids. You're she herself is almost kind of just she's not. Oh, it's Walt. Yeah, she's it's Harlan's it's Harlan's son, and that's probably also how her family knows. Her family doesn't know everyone else there. They know about Harlan that that's her friend. Yeah, uh, and they and, and they did. They said, you're, well, you said before her friend got his throat slit. They are thinking of Harlan as not her client, but her friend. So you get a sense of they were close. Yeah, and. You also, they say, uh, the police have a few more questions for everybody. So you get like, oh, there's a lot of people involved. They've already probably been questioned, but only briefly. But it wasn't like in the earlier minutes, it showed like the entire family in a portrait or anything like that. So you're still not really sure, you know, who all's involved, but they're, they're giving, they're kind of setting you up for, for the drama to come. Yeah. Oh, and then, so I put on. I was watching on Amazon Prime, and I put on audio description, the audio track, which I think is for, like, visually impaired. Yeah. 
um, for people that are visually impaired. And so it said, Later, a blue subcompact car speeds up a long private drive bordered by wooded areas toward a guardhouse. As the car arrives outside the stately manor, the view rises to reveal a forest and river beyond the sprawling estate. Marta gets out of the blue car and a police officer approaches her. And it'd be kind of funny to like just take the audio description of each of each minute and read that because because it totally covers it at least in this case. I don't have a lot of experience, uh, and I I I am sighted myself. Um, but when I was in college, I accidentally rented um, the the for the for visually impaired VHS copy of True Lies. Oh, okay. Which had some great to scene, great descriptions of uh, fight scenes. There's a fight scene in a bathroom where Arnold Schwarzenegger like smashes a guy's head. I want to say into a urinal, <laughs> and just the here's like, um, hurry, smashes the man's face into a urinal. Was just really really funny. And then there's this. this I was thinking of this actually because of Jamie Lee Curtis, because Jamie Lee Curtis plays Schwarzenegger's oh right love interest in in True Lies. And uh, and it describes her dancing like she like uh, I can't remember her name. Her code name is Doris, but I can't remember her. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, his name is Harry, and I can't remember her name in the movie. But like uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis dances sexily, moving her shoulders, and and it was like, okay, dude, in the sound booth, you are getting way into the mood of this scene in a way that's <laughs> kind of disturbing me. But I also appreciate that if you aren't cited it helps convey the mood of what's going on yeah Um, well and i didn't watch the whole movie like this but i'd be interested to see like what details it leaves in or takes out because that's part of the fun of a mystery would be which details but if it's not mentioning that many details and it mentions some of them very specifically it could be like too many clues for you as well Oh, and just outside the door, someone has dropped a packet of cigarettes. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be important. Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking like if it were for the prestige or something, and it would be like, it'd be like the magician is approached by his assistant who looks a little bit like Christian Bale, and um, and I, uh, that was, but not quite. You can't quite tell if it's him or not, but you know, keep that in the back of your mind, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it would be really hard for 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 mysteries. But if you, but if they uh, don't tell you, then at the end they'll be like, and that was the same person, and you'll be like, well. You didn't tell me enough to, for me to figure that out, really. So, <laughs> even even apart from mysteries, it would be. I mean, just. It, it's, I guess it's kind of like whether you listen to whether you if you watch for a movie, whether you have subtitles or dubbing, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of information that is conveyed. Sometimes you get more information in subtitles because there's more time to put it all out there on the screen. If someone says something that has a lot of meanings to it Mm -hmm. you can put that in the text but if you're gonna dub it you you gotta pick something that like fits in the time and so you don't have that much uh space to write what they say uh at the same time you have uh actors are using vocal cues that are sometimes culturally or linguistically specific so like someone sounding smarmy um, can be slightly different tones, mm-hmm. uh, different like shades of meaning depending on what culture you're from. Um, someone sounding effeminate, if they're like a man using a feminine voice, could have different, slightly different meanings, different context. So sometimes it's helpful to have really good voice actors come in and, you know, they're trying to not 
copy what the original actors did, but give the same impression that they gave, but for a different audience. Yeah, localizing is really its own art form in a way. Yeah, so this is like a whole new way of doing that, because you're, in some ways, more... It's freer, but also in some ways much more limited. And you can't also, you don't want to step on the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if it's a really dialogue heavy film, you got to really watch. I have not thought much about this until <laughs> just now. And now I'm thinking about this a lot. That's really interesting. Well, I thought that was appropriate for that part since there's no more dialogue, but it is the driving and it kind of, it's like, ooh, stately manner. There's a river behind the house. It's like, it gives you some good information. <laughs> I want to watch yeah. something like, I want to watch something like, um, like, like, like Birdemic. Uh, <laughs> all of the description they would have time for because of all of the scenes of driving <laughs> that are like shot in real time <laughs> where you just have minutes between scenes of just driving characters stop and get gas yeah and it's it just takes forever or what about like the know? opening of once upon a time in the west where it's like they're they're sitting oh, yeah, everything they're, is so they're still. sweating there's a fly <laughs> think that the windmill <laughs> thing is still spinning seems really hot you kind of get the vibe it's hot and dusty there <laughs> you know like it must be really tough for me like the artist Mm. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, this, this is all silent. So it, I'll just describe everything to you. Oh, yeah. Cause, and, and or then, you just and then it. someone's going to have to read the intertitles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to go on to Prime now and look at what I can watch this way with, uh, with, with that turned on and see, like, look at the different things. I'm curious now. Well, it was very appropriate for taking notes for this. And, uh, yeah, it, it's... It's a cool service that they're offering. Back when there was VHS, you didn't use like subtitles or no subtitles, or I guess like that copy you got of True Lies, but it was a lot harder to get for sure. Like, and you'd have to have like a yes. friend there to, to tell you what's what's happening or something. So, having that access is really cool. Yeah, much less common. Uh, yeah, I remember being really surprised that that was even a thing. I mean, I I was like nineteen. What did I know? But. Um, Remember being like, oh, this is that. I guess that makes sense. But I had no idea this was available. This is a tangent, so. but uh, unbelievably. But I, I got a VHS copy of Liar Liar that was made for video stores to watch to to buy copies of Liar Liar. So the ads were not like ads for regular like products or movies. It was ads oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey. They were like Jim Carrey is the number one box office sensation. All of his movies have gross this much and they're one of the top ones for rentals it's basically like buy a lot of copies of liar liar and then at the bottom of the screen it would like bring up text on like how to order the copies of liar liar and like encouraging you to, to buy them <laughs> it, was, it was kind of uh, interesting it also kept saying not for a retail I, sale over and over again on it. i remember those i used to work at blockbuster oh yeah and I remember, I don't remember liar liar specifically but i remember getting videos like and the videos when you first got uh, even like the ones that were for rental, when you first got those videos, they were like new releases. It was like a hundred bucks a yeah. tape. Yeah, yeah, totally. And if someone lost them, <laughs> would charge them like like one hundred and five dollars, one hundred and ten dollars, or whatever, because that is how much it costs to get a new one. Uh, or on occasion, especially I think independent independent places did this more. Um, they would just like, well, now it's been a year. We just go to the store and spend twelve dollars or whatever on a on a tape but um but when they first came out they were for like a couple of months at least they were just super duper expensive and only video stores would buy them yeah it was a racket oh yeah well that and then it would take like 
you know, it takes would take like 10 or 20 rentals to get your money back. Mm-hmm. Well, is there any, I don't know if there's anything else left to say about this particular minute. Uh, uh, our, nope. Our question for Thursday is about the films of Ryan Johnson. Nay, are you a Ryan Johnson fan? I suppose I am, actually. I saw Brick not in theaters, but before he had released anything else after that. So, like, pretty early video release. Same, yeah. same. And yep. I thought that was a yeah. really cool movie starring the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> was my impression. Yes. <laughs> now, of course, now I know I him was... way better, but... <laughs> I was very. That was also that was the first time I saw. And now I'm blanking on his name because um, that's what my brain does. But uh, I'll call him Robin. Uh, that was the first time I saw him uh, in like in a serious role, mm-hmm. and I was shocked. I mean, he he did Something great. I really really Gordon Levitt. He was great in Brick. What's his first name? Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. If, if you have not seen Brick. Uh, anyone listening to this, if you've not seen Brick, go out. And it's see like Brick. a detective have, if, noir set at a high school. Yeah, and it's as harsh as like a, as like a noir. It's got a sense of humor to it. It's got some funny bits, but it is it is as harsh as you would expect for a noir. You know, uh, there there is some violence. Um, there is there's a little bit of blood. Um, uh, but yeah, it's all set at a high school with high school students. Uh, I think the main character is like a junior in high school and it's, it's really good. It's like, I did not expect it to be that high quality, but it was really great. And then they, they worked also, he was in Looper. Yeah. Which is the Ryan Johnson movie. I also liked Looper. Um, I I don't know if I liked it as much as Brick, but I I really enjoyed watching it. I haven't gone back to it, but it's a, there's some time travel elements and stuff like that. So it's fun. Brothers Bloom, I have not seen. I I have not seen. I either, think I yeah. started watching it a couple of times, and it seemed too whimsical for my mood at the time. So, I, but uh, I think that might be his of, of his of his big movies, which was, it was also a success, I believe. I think that might be the lesser watched of his successes. Yeah, and then the Last Jedi, highly controversial, but even though I think that movie had some silly things in it, I actually really enjoyed that movie too. Although it also started me on the path of not really caring what happens as much with star Wars. And (laughs) when that movie was over, I like didn't really care what was coming later, but I thought it was very pretty. And, uh, uh, it sounded, I, I thought it just saw like, I thought a lot of things that I hadn't seen before. And that's kind of what I wanted to see at that time after force awakens. So I know people have their problems with it, but I like that, but I like Knives Out even more. So I'm really glad he's doing his own thing again. I I adore The Last Jedi. Even it has some it has some goofy stuff. I know people argue about some aspects of it. There are a couple things that I would change, but I really like the way the characters develop. There's a there's a conversation towards the end. I don't want to should I spoilers for that? Should I? There's a question towards the end that doesn't feel like totally in keeping with earlier discussions that I I don't like so much. Um, I feel like it's a little mo- need, need another like pass or two. But as a whole, I really got into it, and it was the first time in a long time that I ever being um, super excited for what was going to come next in Star Wars. Oh, and. Yeah, then, uh, and uh, 
I don't think people that I'm liked uh, The Last Jedi tended to like The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Your prediction is accurate. Yeah. I, did, I was not a fan of The Rise of the Skywalker. The lightsaber fight in the throne room, Last Jedi, is beautiful to look at. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the fights in Last Jedi are great. I, um, uh, unrelated but cool, um, other little things Ryan Johnson has done. He did an episode of Terriers that I like, which if you haven't seen Terriers, Terriers is a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a pretty good music video for LCD Sound System. Which one? Um, that I like, it's called Oh Baby. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's from their most recent album. Yeah, it's American that was Dream or something. That's that sounds right. It is one of his most recent things. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that came out in 2018. Uh, and then of course now he has Knives Out two coming out, which I am also very interested in. And the last word is still that he's going to get his own Star Wars trilogy. That, that that's still it's not. It's not been canceled, as far as we know. The last word we have on it is, like, over a year old now. But it's Ryan Johnson saying, no, it's totally happening. Uh, and that was in, like, mid-2019. So, as far as I know, he's still going to... And I, I want him to. Uh, I I, I want to go see that. I think... I guess I, I'm not sure what he would take, what they would offer him that he would take, but uh, aside from a film, but I think Disney might be wise enough now after the success of the Mandalorian to realize that they can try different things. And even if they don't capture the entire star Wars audience, they can still, especially if it's a side story and it's not like the next central movies, um, you know, Maybe maybe he'll remake the Ewok movies. <laughs> I want Ryan Johnson. And subvert your expectations. Car- Caravan of Hope. <laughs> yeah, I want. I, I if Ryan Johnson made some uh, movies about Jedi Ewoks, I would be. I would be there for yeah. it. Yeah, I would be there for it. So yeah. Uh, oh, make it a film noir. Make it a make it a noir mystery set in an Ewok high school. <laughs> I'm there for it. I enjoy Ryan Johnson's takes on established genres and properties is what i'm saying I guess. yeah I, he's a good artist i think I, I like I, he knows how to tell a story and how to how to subvert expectations while i i would argue telling stories with consistent developing characters with interesting traits that we'll find out i think i think knives out also captures but we'll talk about spoilers in our next minute, minute five. I think that's all we have to say for for minute four and for Ryan Johnson. That's right. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, nope. Well, all right. That is the end of minute five. Thank you very much for joining me, Nate. Would you like to plug anything? Yes, I will plug my podcast about The Office called The R5. And I realized that I've been plugging different podcasts each episode. They are real uh, real podcasts. I'm not just making up bad ideas for podcasts as a humor. I did that already in my life, and that's what they are. So These are real podcasts. You can go and find <laughs> these podcasts. They are they are genuine. I will say, uh, please find 
Knives Out on Twitter at Knives Out Minute. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Knives Out Minute on your podcatcher of choice. Nay, that is all, but I will see you tomorrow for our last minute, Minute 5. Hooray, looking forward to it. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.